Paul continues to write to the church at Rome and explains that our future, if we are Christian, if we've invited Jesus Christ into our heart, is with God. What in the world does he mean? We'll talk about that. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV, going through the Bible in one year. And today we're going to focus on that teaching that we talked about uh, in about five minutes right now. Ryan is here. Ryan, what's going on? Well, today I'm continuing my study from yesterday in which we focused on a specific literary device used in Scripture called a chiasm, otherwise known as reverse symmetry. All right, very good. Look forward to that. What did you do? One of my favorite chapters, Romans chapter 8, what hope. All right, what hope it, it, we'll find out. All right, very good. And Calvin Smith, Executive Director of Answers in Genesis Canada is with us. Calvin, good to see you. We'll talk later. Absolutely. About some interesting things. So call people and let them know. In the meantime, let's open the Bible and listen to what God says. Romans 8, 18 through 28. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance." Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 28. Today we begin reading chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 10, three chapters in this amazing book called Romans, and it was written to the Roman church during the time of Paul, which is the time of Christ. This is very interesting. Now, for every believer in God's Son, I'm talking about Jesus Christ, who follows him as the Lord of their life, their future is bright and wonderful. Our future is great. For those who reject the provision of God, those who say no to Jesus Christ, the gift of salvation, no to the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, their future is deep 
dark, and horrible. That's the facts. The truth about the hope for believers in Jesus Christ is remarkable. And Paul the Apostle writes to the church in Rome about the future of those who are in Christ Jesus. It is excellent. The hope, the hope is that we have life now and it affects us now. Every day we are alive in this time, we celebrate eternity. How do we compare the times in which we will live now with the time that we will ultimately come to? Well, when we read Romans chapter eight, we learn that God encourages us with our future hope. Future hope, that's important. The Lord does not want us to be run down with the labors or the burdens of life. He desires us to set our minds on the hope of God. Hope of God. Now, what do we say? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Very important. This is, I love chapter eight. It's just, it's excellent. It's the greatest chapter in the whole world. And there's many, over a thousand chapters that are the greatest in the whole world. Uh, we start with life in the spirit. That's going to be great. And we talk about life in the spirit in chapter eight, and then the future glory, and then nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's all in chapter eight. And then in chapter nine, we talk about God's selection of Israel. And we're going to come back to chapter eight. And as we do so, we're going to focus in on 18 to 28, the glorious future. Uh, this is great. And let me just say, I want to thank you for your donations. If you've made them, they keep us alive. So thank you so much. You've made a choice. And your choice is that the word of God is important to you. We do not spend time raising money on this program because we feel that, that we have to teach the word of God. So that's important. But believe me, your donations help us and keep us alive. So thank you for doing that. Let's pray today. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that as we study our glorious future, as we hear your Holy Spirit talk to us, that we would get it, help us to get it, to see that our life is eternal. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' wonderful name. And we said together, all of us, amen and amen. Do you ever notice I say, in Jesus' wonderful name? I say that a lot because the name of Jesus Christ is absolutely gloriously wonderful. That's the truth. So um, anyway, let's, let's move on to the Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy. They're not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That's what he says. That's, that's what we're talking about here. Verse 19, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Paul explains that our future is joined together with God's plans. Everything will be made new in the Lord. The earth, the stars, the nature itself, and everything. All of the animals that you see, and so many more. I want to tell you something. This came from the mind of God, and I want to tell you God's mind is 
fruitful and bright and living and light. And when we come and we say, Lord, put your mind in me, it makes us light and bright. That's exactly what we are. And this is exciting. I'm getting wound up here. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 22, watch this. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves grown with ourselves within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Now that brings me to this point. Paul encourages that we wait hopefully for the Lord's plan. We are part of that divine plan even now. And this is, the, this is just the beginning, beloved. Just the beginning. Because everything we do now, bringing people to the Lord and talking to everybody, let me tell you something. That's just the beginning. Because as we go along in life, suddenly, if the Lord tarries, our bodies will no longer be able to hold our spirits and our spirits will be alive with Jesus Christ. And we'll, we'll be getting set up for it long-term plan, which is eternity. How do you put eternity in your day timer? Think about it. How do you do that? Boy, I'll tell you, that's amazing. I get excited about this stuff. Anyway, back to chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Did you hear that? And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I mean, God has done such amazing things with us. Paul speaks of the Holy Spirit who is in us and intercedes for us. I mean, it's so amazing what God's Spirit does. God has a new plan for our life when we are saved by Jesus Christ. That's amazing. When we're saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, suddenly God has a new plan for us. And we begin to live it. And the Holy Spirit begins to change us. See, we, we think that we have to come up with everything. We have to decide what we're going to be. We have to decide, hold on a minute. Let's pray and ask the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to move forward to? And he with us reasons together and we come up with his answers, which are always the better answers. So we need to remember that. I remember people saying to me, what's the will of God? What's the will of God? What's the will of God? I said, well, what are you doing right now? That's the will of God, to take your life and make it serve him. That's the first step, beloved. We need to serve the Lord where we are with what we're doing right now. 
Hi, Rod Hembry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. That's right, on your phone, your iPhone or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there. Well, it's time now to carry on with our Bible study. And if you recall, on yesterday's program, I introduced you to a literary device used all the time in the Bible, known as a chiasm, also known as a chiastic pattern or reverse symmetry. Now, just in case you need a refresher, a chiasm is when the same language and style elements are repeated in the second part in reverse order, last matching first and first ma matching last. Or even more simply put, it's a repetition of similar ideas in the reverse sequence. So chiasms are structured in a repeating ABC-CBA pattern. Now, as you can imagine, these patterns uh, aid the reader with learning and memorization, since patterns are easier to remember. And today, we're going to specifically look at a few examples of chiasms in the book that we're currently in today, the Book of Romans. So take a look. Considered by many to be the most significant of the Apostle Paul's writings is his letter to the Romans. As one scholar puts it, Romans is one of the most important theological documents of all time. Its influence on the course of Christian history and the development of Christian theology is inestimable. Another says that Romans is Paul's strongest theological argument and the nearest thing to a systematic theology we have in Scripture. Even poet Samuel Taylor Coleridge called it the most profound work in existence and Martin Luther said it is the chief work of the New Testament. It may not come as a surprise, then, that the Book of Romans contains several chiastic patterns in order to aid its readers in the learning of the most important message of all time, the good news of Jesus Christ. Some of these chiasms are limited to just a few verses, while others span several chapters. One example of a chiastic structure spanning many chapters is found in Romans chapters 5 through 8. Following an ABC-CBA pattern, Paul teaches us through these four chapters that A. Believers can be confident of final glory, because B. Believers are in Christ and thus are free from condemnation in Adam, and C. Believers are set free from the power of sin and from the binding authority of the law. In fact, believers are free from condemnation because of the Spirit's work, and thus believers can be confident of final glory. An example of a chiasm spanning only a few verses is found in Romans 2, 6-11, and can be summarized as follows. A. God judges everyone the same. B. Life is the reward for doing good. C. Wrath is the penalty for evil. B. Life is the reward for doing good. A. God shows no favoritism. Another six-verse chiasm is found in Romans 9, 24-29, where Paul teaches about the inclusion of the Gentiles into God's family. A. God calls people from the Jews. B. God calls people from the Gentiles. B. The Old Testament confirms that God calls people from the Gentiles. A. The Old Testament confirms that God calls people from the Jews. Some chiastic patterns are only one or two verses long. For instance, in Romans 5.12, a simple A-B-B-A pattern is employed. A. Sin enters the world through one man. B. And death results. In fact, death comes to all. A. Because all sinned. Another brief but significant chiasm is found in one of the most quoted passages in all of Romans. 
In Romans 10, 9 and 10, Paul teaches us that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. What these chiastic patterns help demonstrate is that the book of Romans wasn't haphazardly written, but rather thoughtfully penned by Paul, who ultimately wrote through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. Well, I do hope that that all made sense. Trying to show chiastic patterns in a video format is a bit of a challenge, but the good news is that you can review both yesterday and today's segments on our website at BibleDiscoveryTV.com. And what's nice about that is you can not only rewatch the videos, but you can read the transcripts as well to aid you with your study. And that is very important. I've done that, and uh, it's very good, Ryan. So thank you for that. Janice? Romans chapter 8, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, and it talks about the hope that we have from suffering to glory. Our special guest that we've had over the last few days has touched on Romans 8 several times, and if you've missed those programs, go back on our website and you can catch those programs again because Cal talked about it very, very, very well. All I wanted to say was this is such a beautiful passage to the believer in Jesus, the hope that we have in Him now in the future and not just for ourselves and for our own bodies that are aging. I know every morning I get up and there's another something aching, you know, and so I'm looking forward to that new body uh, in the future, but also how creation is described for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. And I would say that in this time in our world right now, you know, by the time I get home from work and I turn the news on, there's another earthquake, there's another hurricane, there's another flood, there's famine going on in the world. Um, animals are going extinct. Whales are ending up by the hundreds being beached. Um, and, and, and it's tragic when, when we look around and we see what's happening with our world. But as believers in Christ, we know that we have that future hope. And I hope that you have that hope. And as we see the things in our world, winding down. We don't need to wind down. We need to make sure that we are out and being a reflection, that we are being a light of Jesus Christ. We need to be out giving our testimony and telling people about the hope. Don't hold it in. Don't hold your testimony in. Tell people about Christ. Give them the same hope that you have. The future is not hopeless with Christ. It is without Him. So share your testimony with others. Be that bright, shining light in your community. Be the encourager. Yeah, very good, Janice. Excellent. Uh, one of the ways that uh, we talk to people about the Bible and encourage them is through the Genesis book. It's a great book. And uh, Answers in Genesis Canada is here. And this is Calvin Smith. He is a good friend. He's also executive director for Answers in Genesis Canada. Calvin, you've done some amazing television. And some of the things that you've done, I'm very impressed with. And just amazing. But well, coming from you, that's a big compliment. Because <laughs> <Well, laughs> you're the guy that inspired me to even get really involved in my My, my question video. really is this. I mean, you talked about in, in this recent example, you talked about how they used people who were distorted or had problems with their hair or their body or something's wrong with them. And they made them creatures that people could come to the circus and see. Mm. They used them and they explained to people, this is a product of evolution because they didn't have that, they didn't have this, they didn't have that. Now, 
how in the world did that happen? And what's the motivation behind it? Yeah, so what you're referring to, of course, is a, a, a seven-part series that we produced this year uh, that's been released. People can, can check that out. Um, you can sign up for a free week trial on Answers.tv, and you can binge watch all seven, seven shows. Answers.tv. That's right. Yeah, so it's the Answers in Genesis uh, streaming service. It's like um, signing up for Netflix or Amazon Prime or something like that. Uh, here in Canada, you can get it for like $7 yeah. uh, a month. And um, I, I have it. It's excellent. Yeah. And you guys are on there, too. So mm -hmm. you get a lot of good programming on Answers.tv. But uh, yeah, the seven part series, we, we really focused on that this year. Uh, it was our, our, you know, prime series and it was called Freak Show. And it was it came about from some research that I was doing. And what I discovered is that during the 1800s, when the story of evolution was becoming popularized, how many common folks, so to speak, got acclimatized to this whole concept of missing links and things like that were some unfortunate people that had, you know, birth defects or, or mental challenges or things like that. And they would be basically used um, to promote these evolutionary ideas. And then some of the, the, the scientists of the people like Ernst Haeckel and even Darwin himself would turn around and then point to them as proof of these this theory that was becoming very popular and so it was it was, you know quite unfortunate you know when they they would have these freak shows and they would they would you know feature these people and and uh, and really dehumanize them um as evolutionary missing links of course most of them had you know diseases and stuff like that that weren't well known and then today of course that that that's all been debunked, completely debunked. So yeah, it, it, it's a seven-part series, and it actually follows from the you know the early 1800s all the way through to the popularization of Darwin's um, uh, you know particular form of evolution, and then how as the world started to adopt that, it really began to cause a lot of damage because even even the atheist um, evolutionist Stephen Jay Gould admitted he said. You know, biological arguments for racism might have been popular prior to the release of, of Darwin's book in 19, 1859, but in his own words, he said it grew in orders of magnitude following the acceptance of evolutionary theory. Because what evolutionists were saying at that time is that different races of people, of humans, evolved at different rates. And they would actually categorize the races of humans. There's only one race. There's the human race, by the way. We all come from Adam and Eve. But from an evolutionary standpoint, they said, well, no, 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 no. Dark-skinned people, you know, they, they evolved from this, this cluster of ape-like creatures and then uh, you know the, the the australoids they they evolved here and but and so what they actually categorized and darwin did this himself in his in his book the descent of man is that the caucasians were the highest you know race of humans and they would categorize people in these these categories and it produced what's called scientific racism racists now had so-called scientific justification for considering themselves superior to other people and so, we, so, in other words, science uh, is the predominant form of racism because of the way they believe. Well, when you see that classic ape to man diagram that everybody's seen, it always shows dark skinned, hairy apes turning into white people. Mm. That's racist. <laughs> that is. Yeah. Because when you yes. consider that, right? Like, so I, I point things out to people like, you remember the movie, Remember the Titans? It was like a big popular uh, youth group movie, right? Way back. And you see that that interaction in one scene where Denzel Washington, the black coach, you know, there's a banana flipped, uh, you know, and, and, I, and I point out, 
Why is flipping someone with dark skin a banana racist? We all know that's racist, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it racist? Why, why can't you throw somebody an eggplant? Mm-hmm. Is that racist? Mm-hmm. No, because monkeys like bananas. Mm-hmm. Dark-skinned hairy apes turn into Caucasians. It's that evolutionary concept that the darker you are, the closer you are to the apes, the less evolved you are. All these things, and people don't realize these, these, these things, right? If you're watching European soccer and one of the dark-skinned players runs out into the, the field and the cameras are panning and you see some of the white fans going, ooh, 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 and making monkey noises to that person, what's in behind that? We know that's racist. But see, many people have not considered the evolutionary overtones. And so we were just really exposed this. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's been terrible uh, what's, what's actually been taught. And so, you know, what the whole program is to do is to get people to understand we need to get back to what the scripture says. We're yes. created in the image of God. There's no and such thing. Scriptures statement. are yeah. not racist yeah. because they talk about one human race. One race. Mm-hmm. All one from blood. Adam and Eve. That's, that's it. And that's then, right. of course, from Noah and his wife. And- As a biblical creationist, how could, who would I be racist to? Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're all descendants we're all from Adam and Eve. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yes. Some people have more le- melanin. Some people have less melanin. You've got this eye shape. I've got this eye shape. It doesn't yeah. matter. We're all one race, one blood. And so it's, it's the story of evolution that's really... When people talk about systemic racism, well, okay. I believe there is a system that teaches racism. It's taught as fact and science today. It's called the story of evolution that yes. we have evolved at different rates and some people are more evolved and less evolved. And That's Margaret, racist. And, and, and Margaret Sanger, she was one who was very much an evolutionist. Absolutely. And <laughs> that's a pretty serious thing. Now, that's just the historical facts. That's yep. just the way it is. Yep. But uh, anyway, this is interesting because when you begin to talk about these things and begin to expose them and begin to say, well, this person was that and people get upset and they get well, turned. But th- this is definitely batting the beehive, so to speak, um, you know, because many evolutionists would just say, look, that's an aberration of what evolution teaches. Well, I'm sorry, it's a logical outcome. And I actually quote evolutionists for themselves and show the historical um you know, followed from these types of ideas that actually took place. So even the Holocaust, um, you know, um, Hitler yeah. himself was a fanatical Darwinist. Just yeah. read read his book, Mein Kampf. On the next program, we'll talk about this and more. So stay there. We continue in our moment of prayer. Thank you for writing and uh, giving us those prayers that we can pray for. And today, I just want to remind you quickly, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're live on Facebook, YouTube, and Bible Discovery TV, 3.30 every one of those days, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Join us and we'll pray for you. But we need to remember, and we need to pray like this, Lord, I give my life to your plans and my ways of thinking to your Holy Spirit. Help me today. 